Hello and welcome to Game Train episode number 58. I am Cal and I am back on the podcast after a little bit of absence, but I am back. And joining me is Carl, who took over in my stead with Connor, who is not here. That makes no sense, yes. but anyway. No, but it's all right. It works thank, for me. Thank hello, you hello. for uh, Connor for filling in for me the other week. Uh, much appreciated. But, yes, uh, that was great. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a look at this uh, week's episode. So, uh, plenty of news around, uh, which we'll go into in a sec. We'll also be talking about the Division 2, the latest looter yeah. shooter. We'll also be having a look at Shadows Die Twice, Sekiro, which, uh, yeah. which just dropped last night. So, that's pretty exciting. We'll also yeah, we weren't be... going to mention it, but we've just been playing a bit, so might as well. Yeah, and uh, we're reviewing Devil May Cry 5 this episode, the latest hack and slash from Capcom. But, yeah, uh, we're also going to have a look at Dirt Rally too. Oh yeah, we'll have a look at Dirt Rally as well. Uh, but before all that, we've got the news. Okay, so... System Shock 3 has been announced. I'm very excited about this. I loved System Shock 2 back in the day. So they've come out and announced part 3. So I don't know when we'll see it, but I'm quite excited yeah, is this for Is it. this an official announcement? Because I remember recently like fans were doing one. Yeah, there, there, was a short, there was a short trailer. Ah, okay. From a game developers conference. Ah, right, right, right. So it is, and it's the same uh, same team as the original, or I, I guess same company, or no? I think it's a. I think it's a different team these days. I think they sold the IP many years ago, and another team has picked it up, and they're developing it. Yeah. Also announced at the game developers conference is Google has entered the video game arena with the Google Stadia. Yeah, which I think Stadia. I, Stadia? I, I say Stadia because it reminds me of Stadium, and like a arena or okay. gameplay or i feel like this is kind of like could be the biggest news of the moment you know like it's yeah i think it might be the future of gaming like right now maybe not especially for australia but i think this is uh not not in not in australia well it's not coming to australia at first so what google stadia is they're doing a streaming gaming platform whereas that you can just stream games direct off the internet uh, you, there's a Google Stadia control which you can use with it or one of your own, and yeah, you just you could even watch a trailer for a game and straight after start playing that game, etc. Like that's how they are trying to sell yeah, their, and their play product it on, here. You can play it on your TV, your phone, uh, your computer monitor, your tablet, anything like that. That's what they're going yeah. for. The kicker is though that you've got to have a minimum of a 25 megabit connection to be able to run these games. Yeah. They're boasting 1080p at 60 frames per second with the streaming service here. Whether... I can't see that happening in Australia yet. Like, I think our internet's too volatile and just not good enough here to sustain something yeah, like that. Yeah, and even many states in America still. Yeah. So not just us. But, you know, it it, it is coming out um, later this year. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to even be a... Um like this could, ah, it it feels so similar to Netflix and the very similar vibes we were feeling maybe like five, bit more maybe ten years ago when that was first sort of slowly becoming a thing, and um, you know like the thought of not having a DVD player in your house or you know not needing a set top box uh, to watch digital TV it, it was just crazy yeah. and I was like oh that's that's a bit insane and now it's just so normal. Will it be like steadier and chill now? <laughs> Well, you need your hands. 
Also, more from uh, Game Developers Conference. It looks like there's going to be another game in the Oddworld franchise. Uh, Soulstorm, it's called. So, yeah, it's coming out in 2020, which is very exciting for Carl, because I know he's a real big fan of um, Abe's Odyssey. Or the Oddworld series in general. Yeah, I love it. This is really exciting news. It's it's one to keep an eye on if you're a fan of those uh, old school games. Alright, also, Cuphead is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Also, another game, Back for Blood, has been announced. This is from the developers of the Left for Dead series, so it seems to be a similar thing, four-player co-op, hunting down zombies. Looks pretty cool. A lot of people have been waiting for, or hoping for, a Left 4 Dead 3, so I feel like this is as close as you're going to get if you're a fan of that. Now, Left 4 Dead was first person. Is this third person? I believe this is also first person. Why didn't they just call it Left 4 Dead 3? I don't think they have the rights anymore, which Uh. I I think the name is actually, you know, this is me speculating, but I think it might be a bit of a tongue in cheek, like... I don't know, it's a bit of a cheeky title, having the number four in there still, and also calling it, like, Back for Blood, uh, you know, like, yeah, I think it might just be a little, yeah, a little, uh, yeah, how, what do you say, like, just a small nod, yeah, like an angry nod tip. sort of thing. Yeah. We'll, but we'll have more on that when more information comes to pass. Battlefield Firestorm, which is the big sort of... Um, Battle Royale for Battlefield everyone's been curious about because they keep pushing it off and changing the date and then ever since um, Apex Legends dropped uh, and then Call of Duty dropped theirs everyone's been wondering like where does Battlefield fit and will it still work and they have announced that it's going to drop as a free update for 5 on March 25th uh, and it's going to be 64 players and you can choose to play solo or in a team of 4 it's going to have heaps of different biomes in the one map and it's going to be the biggest map ever 10 times bigger than their Hamada map. Okay, so, wow. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool. And I had really had to mention before we finish up, uh, No Man's Sky is doing another massive update, like their uh, next update called No Man's Sky Beyond, which also includes an online mode. And they're not calling it an MMO, but it said it's going to have a lot of massive multiplayer online aspects that we're used to in it. So you can... Uh, expect a lot more news on that which i don't know i have a lot of respect for them doing this they really haven't given up like they've smashed on these sort of updates for no man's sky and creating a good game out of what was essentially a bad one which gives me hope for things like anthem so you admit anthem's bad no i admit that i actually like no man's sky as well i'm one of the weirdest people in that sort of situation i had a wonderful time and then i got on and started looking at the reviews and went Oh no, I'm so I'm so uninformed or something. This is apparently <laughs> a terrible game. And then, you know, then you I don't know if it's like this kind of like chicken and egg thing, but it's like once you hear about the flaws, you go back into the game and you're like, oh look at all these flaws. But if I never read about them, would I would I have stayed in this like beautiful world where I thought it was incredible? Because I had so much fun until I read reviews. Then I went back in and went. Oh yeah, they're right. I guess yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that sucks, and this bit sucks, and kind of like an early relationship. And that's the news. Okay, so you've got the full odd pick for this week. This week, uh, which only just dropped, I went with uh, Xbox Game Pass this time instead of Games with Gold or PS Plus or Nintendo Online because that's the best place I could find something cool like. I guess uh, PS Plus does have The Witness, which is an incredible puzzle game. 
So that's on there. But the one that got my attention is What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. Um, and that's kind of a uh, walking simulator game with, you know, like a mystery to unravel. And But uh, this is kind of more of a personal reason of going into it is I've been just so curious and hearing wonderful things about this particular game and the atmosphere and the story. And I've been meaning to check it out forever. Uh, and so now it's just sort of appeared on my Xbox as something I can play uh, for free as part of Xbox Game Pass. So I'm really excited to do that. There's also Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which... I've already played, and I think a lot of us have, but if you haven't, that is a, a, a awesome game. It has that real kind of like do missions however you want and make a lot of different choices and things happen in different ways. A first-person sort of cyberpunk shooter game. But um, yeah, those are my picks. But yeah, that What Remains of Edith Finch is probably one I'll be checking out. All right, nice. So we're going to roll on to our games we have been playing the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. All right, let's kick off with the new one first, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, right? So we just started playing this last night, came out at midnight. Um, So for those that have played Bloodborne or Dark Souls before, same sort of concept except Shinobi this time. Yes. And you can jump and you have a hook shot that you can jump around the levels with. Yeah, you can jump a lot and you're fast. You're very fast. It's a lot, lot, like people used to say Bloodborne was more fast paced than Dark Souls. Now this just leaves Bloodborne behind in terms of the fast stakes. Like, wow, it's a lot quicker. The game's built around um, combat once again, but this time you are required to deflect a lot more to be able to break your opponent down that you're fighting. In Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you could parry and things like that, but the window is very, very tight. I hardly ever did it. I got through both games <laughs> really without parrying once. Nice. Um, just because there was other options there, but this game kind of requires it in some of the fights. So I'm kind of getting used to that, but the window's a lot bigger to execute your parry, which is quite nice. Um, it's the same sort of style. You go through, you fight enemies, you fight you know bosses, etc. You die, you lose XP uh, and money in this one as well. Yes, yep. it's a it's a gorgeous looking game and it runs super smooth. The game is challenging once again. I've died many times. I'm very happy I'm not doing a push ups challenge on this one because yes. I'd already be exhausted uh, yep. the amount of times I've died. But another cool thing, he's got this prosthetic arm, and you can put different attachments on the arm for it to do different things. So there's like a shuriken one. There's like an axe one for breaking shields. It seems to be a theme for this episode, as we'll find out. Yeah, there's a a fire one, which, like, um, staggers enemies, which is super handy. There's a tip for Mm. you, Kyle. Um, Yep. Just things like that. So, so far, I'm only... I'm not very far in. I've done, like, three, you know, little bosses. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm just still trying to get into the flow of it. Like, there's sometimes when I'll just get into that flow for, like, 10, 15 minutes, I'll annihilate everything. I'm like, this is great. And then I just go clunky again and... Just get destroyed. Because I'm still trying to play it like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Whereas I've got to get in my head that I can jump. That I can hookshot away. away. Stealth kills are really important. They're really, really helpful in this game. So rather in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you would generally just dodge around a lot of the time. Yeah, While while in this, the dodge I don't think is as potent as it is. Like I still dodge um, for some enemies. But others, it's, it's better to deflect or jump or hook shot away and come back and try and take him out stealthily. So, 
yeah, if you're into those sorts of games, I seriously recommend picking it up. We'll have more on on the next episode. But this is just the first impressions that I've now had time to sit down and play it because I did play a bit at PAX for five minutes until the um, console turned off on me. And it was really hard to gauge how the game felt. But now that I've actually been playing it, it feels super slick and awesome. It does. It is really pretty. It's still, um, there's still a kind of like slightly muddy vibe to the visuals a little bit to me, but they do look really nice in like the environments and things like that. But there's something like cloudy or going on there, but I think that's just there. I I feel like it's quite intentional from, um, from software to have this kind of like almost dreary, depressing hopelessness that's kind of portrayed through the visuals. So that might be the reason for that. But it, yeah, it feels kind of a little bit muddy in that way. Traversal feels amazing. But um, yeah, I jumped in because I was curious. But uh, I'm not a fan of the uh, the Dark Souls, the Souls-like type games. But I thought maybe I had kind of a naive, you could say, naive hope that they might be going back to their Tenchu roots, which was just one of my favorite games on PS1. Uh, very different vibe, but same sort of, same guys, wasn't it, I think? mm yeah, uh, and I just loved that, and that was a lot more based. It was a, almost a bit more um, Metal Gear Solid, you know, and had had a, just a slightly different feel. A lot more catered around stealth and you know being a ninja. But uh, alas, this is this is Dark Souls and Bloodborne with a samurai hat. For so, if you are a fan, you're gonna love this. I think this is a really cool, fresh, fast take on it. But if you're not a fan of of the genre. It's it's still more of that. Which, which I, I feel like you should play more of the game. So I definitely hope. will. Okay. But um, yeah, it's just it's kind of like someone saying they feel like I should play more of uh, FIFA once I've decided. Oh yeah, actually this is a FIFA game, but everyone's wearing you know normal street clothes and they tricked me, or like mm. vice versa. I, yeah, it's just not my genre. But I will jump in and have a little look a bit more. But um. Yeah, I quickly found out that this is going to be really good news for people who like the Souls-like games. So that's uh, that's really great because it was kind of up in the air before it launched. Like, how close will it be? Are from software going right into their like that Souls-like genre and doing what they do best and kind of just going to you know dominate again in in the in the gaming world with this kind of because a lot of people are trying to attempt their souls-like style but no one really does it like them like they have this kind of weird it's not just a difficulty curve it's also like the obtuse sort of puzzles and mystery and and backstory and heavy lore and like their worlds are so unique to them and i think this really translate all their style translates really well into this but yeah we'll get into that next time but that's what i'm feeling so far Another hard game that Carl's been playing is Dirt Rally 2.0. Yes, this is where I get my Souls-like... They call it the, the Dark Souls of racing games, the uh, the Dirt Rally franchise. But I just love it. I've always loved rally games, and I, I have no idea why. Sort of open-world crazy games with stunts and guns. I'm not really a racer-type person, but something about rally I've just always taken to since the early like Colin McRae rally games... Um, and this is a direct homage to the early ones. Even the cover looks the same. They use the same 2.0 title that they used in Colin McRae 2.0 on PS1. The game is stunning, as expected. But um, Dirt started going a lot more, like in Dirt 3 they, and Dirt 2 even, they, they went a lot more into like sort of Gymkhana and action and crazy, like sponsored by Monster and, you know, real 
neon and craziness, but and they lost the kind of just old school classic rally. Um, and they've gone like right back to that, which I just love. It's just you and the road. There's all kinds of different um, sort of ways to play it and different modes and whatnot. But uh, in the main sort of story, you're climbing up the tiers. You've got a driver next to you telling you which way to go. Classic rally, but it's um, it's really hard in, in a really challenging and interesting way. Like if you damage your car, you have to pay for it. You have to repair it with time and money that you're earning. And the um, the feedback of the tracks and the weather is fantastic. Like knowing the difference between what wheels to use when you're on gravel or on mud or on snow or on ice. Uh, you can really feel the feedback, especially with the Xbox controller, which is just glorious. And the sounds are really awesome. It really feeds into how you're controlling the car so much concentration. I guess it is similar to like that Souls-like thing because you make sort of one mistake and you just, you ruin the whole thing and you might as well start again. Like it's, there's no sort of rewind button and silly stuff like that. Like it's really, it kind of takes itself seriously, but it does it really well. It's a beautiful game. Everything looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, you got to be in it 100%. It's not one of those like, chilling out listening to music or chatting to friends because you have to listen to your co-driver and you have to be watching and be completely open and alert the whole time and i find it really exciting but yeah i'm loving it loving a bit of dirt rally i have not played dirt rally so i cannot comment yeah unfortunately we didn't get the two copies and i don't think you would buy it this is this is definitely your sekiro where like just not what you'd want to do yeah, but Secure is a better game. Yeah, but Dirt Rally's a better game. <laughs> right, <laughs> but talking about better games, let's talk about some Division 2, which has now just come out. Yes. So now it's been out just over a week now. Uh, it's the follow-up. Holy moly. F- follow-up from Division 1. And now, so the concept of this was that uh, a virus has spread through, you know, the population, killed a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people have just gone rogue and just out there doing whatever. You're a Division agent, like a sleeper agent that you know, gets contact to try and clean up the mess pretty much. So the first one was set in New York. This is now set several months later in Washington, D.C. So it's springtime yes. now. The first one was in winter, so it was snow everywhere. Now it's spring, so it's all nice and green and, and nice looking. But it's the same sort of thing. You're a division agent. You're trying to clean up Washington, D.C. There's several factions that are just creating chaos all around. And it's like, right, let's get sort of order back into this because it's just getting out of control. Again, it's, it's a it's a cover based looter shooter. Yep, and you're just unlocking more of the city as you go and kind of yeah. re taking control. I wasn't too excited about this game at first. Hearing no, about you it. were not. But yeah, that's then true. I jumped in and I was just like, "This is amazing! Like, this is one of my favorite games now to have come out this year. I've put a lot of time into it. I'm now at the end game. Um, it is just so much fun. There is so much to do. There's like I think there's six it's non-stop. There's 16 story missions, but then there's all the side quests. You can take over control points from the enemy and slowly take back the city. Um, there's all these uh, as little mini things you can do, like hostage situations or releasing prisoners, uh, yep. etc. Radio just, propaganda and yeah, take, things taking up like over that. territories. But then the loot, like there's there is just loot everywhere in this game. Like if anyone that says there's no loot in this game. It is everywhere. Everywhere you go, you're picking up materials, new guns, new... And it's so satisfying. Everything oh. kind of matters. If you take the time, you can constantly be upgrading yourself in either... You can either do it blindly and just go like, that's better, I'll take that, that's better, I'll take that. Or you can go like, 
okay, what effects does this thing have? This armor has a little bit less strength or power, but, you know, it, it makes me stronger when enemies are on fire or it reloads my weapons faster. And it mm. just feels like a perfect one of those old school, even like Diablo types. You know, it feels like a fantasy game. The way, like how much yeah. there's... Yeah, you have these skill skills as well. Not just your guns. They really encourage you to not use just... It's not just a shooter. If you're using only your guns, you're going to get overwhelmed really quick. You have you have like drones or, you know, you have little turrets that you place around uh, and gases that you're throwing at people to either heal yourselves or weaken them. And you have to constantly be using those and strategizing with the... every Every fight is kind of like a little puzzle in itself it's quick and oh it's so fun it's very cool and it's like um people complain about bullet sponges in the first one so there are spongy enemies back this time but this time they're plated in armor and you can shoot off pieces of armor for example on their arm and then if you can hit their arm it will drop the health super quick for instance yes which, which is yep, and it's very satisfying it's so yeah it's, i was very relieved that it's not as bullet spongy until you get into quite the harder difficulties, then the enemy health gets a lot more, it gets a lot tougher. But also, once you do hit endgame, level 30, you can then specialize. So then you get the choice of three different specializations, which is uh, survivalist, demolitionist, and the other one, stealthiness guy, no, it's a sniper <laughs> guy. So yeah, you get, a, you get a unique new weapon, which is like either a crossbow, grenade launcher or a super strong sniper rifle then you get a talent yep. tree where you then start putting points into to unlock little bonuses like protects you from explosion damage or do more damage with uh, light machine guns etc etc so you start to perk your guy out with those then you get into the end game where you can go back and do all the old missions on a harder difficulty plus the strongholds i'm not going to say what happens in the end game because i don't want to spoil just a lot of content and it's not it's not simply everyone's just got a bit more health. Like, there's a lot more no. to it. There's a lot more thought into it, which I, I have so much respect for. And the talent trees and stuff are like a whole extra game. Then there's the Dark Zones too, which is a PvE versus PvP area where you can go in and take down enemies and liberate landmarks. But then you can come across other players in here and you can choose to either go rogue and fight them or just leave them alone, etc. So I've been on both ends of this where I've gone in there I'm like no nah, I'm not going to fight anyone and then like, I got jumped by a group of three and smashed I'm like that's cool but then I was playing with your brother the other night and we're minding our own business again just clearing a landmark and this one dude shot shot me so it turned him rogue I'm like oh that's oh. that's cool buddy and we just charged straight in there and took out this group of three and we're like yep you know we weren't looking oh, for no. fights we're just we're just going about our business you know we're just exploring yep. checking it out and someone decided to try and fight us and we sure showed them so that was a lot of fun (laughs) and that feels great having those kinds of opportunities um probably the weakest part of this game is the story though it's very lackluster it's hard to work out what's kind of going on it feels a little disjointed at times in in the first one it felt and it's been a few years but i felt like i knew what was going on a lot more yeah and interested and I felt the factions were a bit more interesting, like the cleaners who were like these old, like, you know... Uh, firefighters. That, firefighters and um, garbos and that all got together and they've made this group where they're just trying to burn all everyone that's infected with the virus sort of thing. Well, on this one, uh, there's little bits of that, but there isn't really strong motivation behind each faction, I felt, like in the first one. Yeah, and it's really campy and kind of just written, like, almost lazily, like, you know, your home of... The base of operations is the White House, and you're finding the Declaration of Independence. Like, it's just kind of 
I don't know. It's like it's almost like it wrote itself because it was in Washington D.C. and they just went mm. with it and went, yeah, might as well let's do this kind of thing. I just I kind of just blocked out the story like way early in the game, and it's a much better game for it. I but think it's a super fun looter shooter. Like this is the base what looter shooters should be now with the amount of content they've got, and already oh. they're bringing new content soon. So they're going to have a new. Um, you'll be able to push your end game up to a thing called World. Tier 5, they'll be releasing another Stronghold for that. Then they're releasing another Raid on top of that, which is for 8 players. And then... Yes, currently it's for 4. And then in a couple of months' time, they're adding whole new zones to the outskirts of Washington. Oh, man. And we haven't even mentioned how beautifully it actually launched. Yeah. It was a really seamless launch. There were some bugs, but Massive's gotten on it straight away and fixed And There was one where your skills were despawning in a day. They had a patch out, fixed that. Little things like... It just makes made it just so nice and the reception online has been fantastic a lot of people are just really digging it and yeah like it's, it's fun squad oh. based combat it's really really fun and we just dropped in and we're like playing with each other in the game world you know within minutes and you can just teleport to each other there's so many quality of life things in there every time you take over a, a control point it turns into a, a place where you can fast travel to around the map so there's incentive to do that but it's not automatically there. Wherever your friends are, you can fast travel to them. So simple and just so easy. The one thing they need to put in this to make just the, just the, the icing on the cake here, right? You've got a beautiful cake. Everyone's happy, but you just want that bit of icing. The ping system from Apex would just cherry on top. Oh, man. That ping system needs to be on everything. It's the coolest thing Apex oh, did. It, it, and just I know they weren't the first to do it, but man, yeah. it's cool. Oh, just nice. Go, right, let's all get this guy or this guy, you know? Because it's like, get the guy over there. And everyone's like, where? <laughs> yeah, and you have to shoot. And then everyone's looking at you and you make too much noise and you start a fight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh, so uh, no, uh, Division 2 has been excellent. As I said, I think it's my current game of the year. I'm just... All in. I've had so much oh, fun yep. with the same. Game. Loving it. We all, all of us and our friends just migrated from Anthem straight to Division. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm it, not even usually into that kind of realism. And it just, it, it won me over. Anthem showed what a looter shooter shouldn't launch with in terms of content. Division yeah. 2 showed what a looter sh- shooter should launch with, with content. You know, like it's, it is. It, and because they're all back to back to each other. Just you could just see how much extra stuff there was to do in Division Two, which I think for Anthem, that's one of my big letdowns. Is there isn't much to do, especially at Endgame. Yeah, but I did jump into Anthem really quickly uh, just a couple of days ago, and I have to say that game is as fun as ever. Still, like um, the Division is awesome, but it's a very sticky game compared to it. Like because of the, um, it's more of like a a high dynamic chess where you're moving from piece to piece and strategizing like a movable you know um that kind of like placements and putting your pawns and choosing whereas anthem just felt like complete freedom more of a playground nothing to do in there you know once you finished it all but just wow that still feels really cool i just want to reiterate that that i'm not like bagging out and i've left completely left the ship i Um, I have left the ship ladies and gentlemen ah well also they have this huge update coming so check that out as well for for anthem i should say where they're fixing so many of the things that we were talking about earlier and that a lot of people online have been talking about but it, uh, it feels too late it feels too late for the game now because division two's come out and everyone's like that's your standard now that's what we want oh we'll see i don't know i have hope if if no man's sky can still be holding on okay then, we'll, we'll then see. i have i have hope the only thing it's too late for is fallout 76 <laughs> 
Okay, well, watch this space anyway. Rolling into the shout out this week. Once again, we're promoting Gaming Australia. They're a Facebook group on Facebook. There are now over 600 members in this group. So they are growing by about 50 members a week, it feels like at the moment. Wow, that's great. Which is fantastic growth. Uh, What they've been doing lately is actually making up a lot of clans for games. So, for example, Division 2, they've got a big PlayStation clan going on there at the moment. They're trying to get the community involved and things like that. Uh, And it feels like this is something they're going to continue on going for, I guess, other games that do come out and a lot of people jump on. They'll try and get a Gaming Australia clan. So, you know, for those that don't know many people or or looking for like an Australian friendly clan for for like different games, go go jump in Gaming Australia on Facebook, check them out, see what they're all about there and, and sort of become part of the conversation. So they're, yeah, just search for Gaming Australia on Facebook and you'll be able to find them. We have done a little update or Carl's done an update to the website with switched hosts from yes. Wix onto WordPress now. And it looks like we can make articles very quickly and easily on this new website. So we're going to be starting to do little news articles about things that happen. Like, for example, System Shock 3. And if we get sent like a little press release, we'll type out a little thing, maybe throw the press release on there and, and share that. So we're trying to just build up our website a bit more now um, because all it has really been is just a host for our podcast. We thought we can start putting up extras uh, throughout the week, etc. Personally, I probably wouldn't call them art- articles from my end. Like, it's going to be more just kind of uh, opinion pieces based on articles and based on the news. So we will have the news there for you. But like, just a thought or two of how we're feeling about it personally as people, just to share just how I was excited about Trine 4. And I feel like hardly anyone else on Earth was. Or, you know, like Tetris 99 and so on and so forth. Just the things that interest us. We won't be putting everything and anything that we see that happens and quickly chuck it up there like one of those news sites that have like five or six stories a day. And yeah. So don't expect kind of constant updates. It's just whatever we like and what yeah. we want to share, we'll share through there with you guys. And then we'll be sharing those articles straight onto Facebook and Twitter and all that. So the website, as always, is www.gametrainpodcast.com and Facebook is facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. Twitter is at gametraintalk and Instagram is at gametrainpodcast. All right, so that's got all that stuff out of the way. Let's roll into our big review this week, which is Devil May Cry 5. Okay, so Devil May Cry 5 is the latest in the Devil May Cry series from publisher and developer Capcom. It is a hack-and-slash third-person action-adventure game. You know, this series has been going for a long time since PlayStation 2. This is actually the sixth game in the series because they tried to reboot it several years ago with DMC, but now they've actually gone, no, we're actually going to do five now instead of... Yeah, after some feedback... DMC, yeah. So the story tells of three characters who are all playable, Dante, V, and Nero, and they are trying to take on the demon or devil, Urizan, who is invading like the earth with this big plant tree thing. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, it's a bit full on and crazy. But that's what these games are. They are full on. They are crazy. They are wacky. You do not take yep. this seriously. You do not go all oh, over the top. Well, I hope, but I hope they've got purpose. a great story in this game because it's not what you're going to get. You're going to get some ridiculous things happening i'm not going to spoil stuff again but there's some crazy weird stuff that just 
little dances and things that happen. I don't know. It's constantly entertaining and over the top and like on purpose. They know how silly it is, but they also, I think it really works for them because it's like super corny and dated script writing, but it's so tongue in cheek that they just lean all the way in instead of like, it's so weird where like, if you see corny and dated script writing in the division two, it's kind of cringy because they're trying to be so serious. But in this, they're leaning the total other way. And, you know, they can have exploding stars and, and giants, dragons appear and, you know, like right next to a normal telephone or a van. Like there's, it's just things that don't fit together. They're just putting them together and making it work. Kind of a similar mindset of like Smash Brothers, how it shouldn't work, but they don't care. And so because of that, it does work and it works beautifully. Yeah. And, and the game plays super well. Like It's all about combos. It's about doing stylish combos. The longer you keep a combo going and varying that combo, your sort of combo meter beats up. Eventually you get like triple S ranking and you get extra points at the end of the mission, etc., which you then can use to upgrade skills and things like that. Uh, and as I mentioned before, there are three playable characters Dante V and Nero who all play very differently Nero is um sort of the main character of this one this time the focus is on him a lot more but he has like this thing called like a a devil trigger which is this um robot arm that he has and you can choose different robot arms to put onto him like there's one that is a big Mega Man arm there's another one just all these different variants of this arm that he can get like grapple hook yeah exactly and he uses yeah, like I said, the the arms and the grapple hooks seem like a theme this this uh, episode. But yeah, it's uh it, it's unique. You can sort of set your loadout with all different arms, and, and t- depending on what you want to use, like there's a shock arm and stuff as well. It's 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 fun. There's so much to do with just him, and this is what's so awesome. And that's like just one character, and then none of that translates over to the other two characters exactly. at all. Well, Dante is Dante, just like he was in all the other Devil May Cry games. He uses lots of swords guns heaps of different swords for him there's even one that's a motorbike that he splits in two and uses these crazy <laughs> crazy swords it and then can ride those like join him to ride the motorcycle around to hit the enemies it's just out of control but the one that plays the most differently is v the newcomer this time so v is actually quite a weak character but he has three demons with him that sort of do his bidding it's got this bird this this panther thing and this other crazy big monster thing that he can summon. And you combo attacks with the different um, moves. So you set commands and you pretty much go, oh, you know, use this or use this. And you sort of hang back and they'll do all the, like, the sort of hits on the enemy and then you dodge the enemy and then you run in and do a finisher and, and things like that. It, it was such a different way of playing a Devil May Cry game where you're normally up front personal while this time you're trying to stay back and avoid stuff. But it felt so great as well. It still felt like it belonged in the game thematically fits even though it is like that different because the things like your demons and the attacks they're doing are still so outrageous and out of this world and crazy so it doesn't even though you're like v your character's standing quite still he still gets really involved because he has to fly in and do the finishes and watching it it looks like there's no way a person could be controlling all that but it's actually quite intuitive and easy to make happen as well like the way the controls work and how it all happens. Yeah, you pretty much just target an enemy and just tap like Y, etc. And then you'll do different things. Or if you move the trigger in a certain way and then hit Y and your your bird might do a different sort of attack or hold Y, etc. So it, it's quite good. And then you can have both anim- um, both demons attacking at once. Then you can summon the really big one as your super move, which I really liked. I, I felt yes. like Nero didn't really have a super move. Dante did, but Nero kind of doesn't. And 
it's just really cool to just bring this super move out in the middle of battle when you need it. Just clear the room. Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a beautiful look to this game as well. It's it's really really nice graphics. It's running on the same engine as the Resident Evil Two remake did. N Seven. N Seven, and it it yeah. it just runs so smooth. It looks so nice. Everything about it, it it just looks absolutely fantastic. It definitely feels like a this gen game. You know, it's like it just it's a really solid feeling and looking game. Yeah, the the character models and the even just their hair and their clothing, everything really feels really tangible, which yeah, which is so cool. Even though they're like super pretty and like you know perfect human beings, it still has this air of realism. Yeah, at the same time as fantasy, really fun. Also, just like the other Devil May Cry, it's got a thumping heavy metal soundtrack through it. Yes, yes, which, it does. Which, which is really cool. Which adds to it all as well. It's like it's badass, sort of. You know, <laughs> I love that. We should use that. What you just did as our intro to this trailer. Wow, this, uh, review. It just suits the game so well. It, you know, all these elements just meld together to make an awesome game. It is it is a super fun game. Yeah, and um, if you've played any of the Devil May Cry's before it or the Bayonetta's before it, you know that it starts off full on and crazy and just ramps upwards and upwards as it goes and just gets, when you think this is nuts, it just gets crazier and it's so exciting to see. Especially towards the end of the game, which I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to spoil it. No, of course not. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens, but by the end of the game, you're like, what is this? Like, it's just out of control. Uh, one yeah. one thing that I didn't particularly like about the game is that they used some of the same environments a lot. This big tree thing. Oh, uh, yeah. It got a little samey after a while. I was just like, oh, around this area again sort of thing. It was it was, it was was great when you were in like different areas of the city, etc. It just felt a bit more fresh, I felt. And also I felt yeah. the game was a little short, but they've all been about the same length. Yeah, it's more of a palate cleanser type of a game. Yeah. You know, if, if you're planning on getting into another huge adventure somewhere or if you've done looter shooters for the last, you know, 100, 200 hours oh, and you're yeah. about to jump into another one, yeah, maybe play something like this right in the middle, which I think you did exactly that, I right? did exactly that. I went from Anthem, which I hit Endgame and geared up my character, so I spent a lot of time there, into this, which I finished the whole game, into Division. So it was like this great palette, yeah. clads are bang in the I middle. I think that's the best way to play this. Yeah. Especially if you... Like, the game is awesome in itself, and I don't want to belittle it by saying it, but if you have something that you know is huge, like, say, uh, Assassin's Creed or something like that, some massive game that you're truly looking forward to, maybe that's a good time to play this before. Instead of... I think the disappointment comes from when you're like, oh, wow, look at all these cool reviews about Devil May Cry. Everyone's saying it's so great. I'm going to sit down and this is going to be my new big awesome game. And that's where you get let down because it's short and you're like, oh, I was really preparing myself to give everything to this month, to this game, you know? like, So I think it is, it's not just a good palate cleanser, but I think it's almost a necessity as a palate cleanser. Like, you know, like, Look forward to something as well and just go like, I'm just going to play this first. And you'll just be so pleasantly surprised instead of like bitterly disappointed. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we give our scores? I really like Nico. That's all. Uh, okay. But also... What? Yeah, Cindy 2? Cindy Cindy 2.0 from yeah. Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Uh, she's really cool. The, the play, you know, like the banter, the writing, it's all actually really fun. Um, but I did want to say one thing that I was a bit more disappointed on myself is there was a lot less exploration than I would have liked, but I think it's a lot more centered about the combos and the style and replaying the levels and seeing how well you can kill everyone and look great doing it. Mm. But I was 
I guess it's my own sort of play style, but I, I was hoping for a little bit more exploration. Yep. Uh, it, it did feel like a little bit um, corridor, corridory kind of, you know, like mm-hmm. taking me along a, a specific path, which if you're just concentrating on fighting the bad guys is really fun because it helps you do that focus. But um, yeah, besides that, I this was just for what it was and, and knowing in itself what it was, I felt like it was near on flawless. Okay, so uh, what's your score for it? I gave it an 8.7. Cool, yeah, as I said, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a great palate cleanser. Um, I really dug the game, went from start to end. You know, little things, samey backgrounds, as you said, the corridor thing, a little, yeah, I would have liked a bit more exploration too. And I've given it an 8.6. Oh, nice, nice. Look yeah. at us go. I know. Friends at forever. All right, and that was Devil May Cry 5. Your legacy. On to our new segment, which we spoke about a couple of episodes ago, but I wasn't here last time to follow up on it, is uh, Classic Me, Classic You. Now, this is our new segment where we've given each other an old game to play that we liked from our childhood for the other one to experience for themselves and then report back what they think of it. Yeah, for the first time, we're trying to give each other games that we never played, like yes. the other person never played. Carl gave me Hyperzone, which is a game that was on Super Nintendo. It yes, is, yeah, how'd you like it? Um, mm, yeah, um, <laughs> look, it looks like F-Zero, and I've never liked it that. Does. I've never liked that graphic style. I've always disliked it. I just find it a bit yucky. The, it, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm playing this game and there's all these flashes going on everywhere, like there's lava everywhere. And I don't, I just didn't really dig the graphic style for starters. What it reminded me of, it plays like a, the gummy ship from Kingdom Hearts that you're flying around, you, you, you're shooting things. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, it does and through these levels, etc. That's really what I got from it. Like, I play, I don't think I even would have liked this when I was a kid. Uh, see, I was in the Solomon Islands and didn't have much choice besides the games I was currently playing. So I probably didn't like it at first. But because there was nothing else to play, I got right into it. And you get, like, new ships and stuff. And uh, the gameplay gets faster. And I got really excited. But I am very aware at how... Dog ugly it is. You look like a hamburger at the start, I'm pretty sure. The ship just doesn't feel like it it moves from side to side and up and down quick enough. It's a bit, uh, uh, as you move <laughs> yeah. it. And I'm like, uh, yeah. okay, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, I just really dislike the graphic style. Just yep. not a fan. That makes complete sense. So you right, had... Landstalker. Landstalker. Yeah, little, uh... Now this surprised me. I disliked the the graphics and the character model you know how i feel about character models if i don't look good i can't play it and i feel like it was a silly looking character with big feet and a dumb smile but i everything else i loved it and i could have seen myself getting lost in this game for weeks i i was so surprised because i'm glad you didn't tell me much because okay it's like an action rpg Mm-hmm. And just what I was saying before about Devil May Cry, this is opposite. There was so much less combat than I expected, and so much of it was jumping around and puzzles and exploring. Yeah. Treasure hunting. And I was like, what am I doing? Because it looks like Chrono Trigger or something at first. You know, like a, yeah. you know, a, a much cruder, sort of cheaper version. Like, it's not as beautiful. It, it's very busy, very busy visuals. 
uh, which makes me so thankful for companies, uh, games like Octopath Traveler, where they blur everything out and make it, you know, more focused. I loved, like, there were so many little secrets mm-hmm. that you could find, uh, and uh, jumping it, like, this, the story was very corny. You're a guy called Nigel, and you yeah. have, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and there's a fairy called Friday, which you never call a fairy. He yeah. only ever refers to her as a, a little girl. Yeah. He says, hey, little girl, what do you... And I'm looking at the screen going, dude, that's a minuscule humanoid with wings flying above your shoulder. That's not a little... I was so confused. And I was like, is he talking to someone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I was really surprised. And the soundtrack was actually really cool. And I think if I could get past the visuals, which were a bit jarring, mm. and... I don't know if that's just because it's old, but I don't think so because things like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger still look beautiful to me. It was a bit close, you know, like the camera was a bit close. He's a bit big and silly looking. Yeah. I was really kind of impressed by that, like jumping around exploring and not that much combat. Yeah. That was really cool. It was Sega's answer to Zelda pretty much. And it shows. Oh, right, and it right. shows. It shows. Yes, yeah, yeah, it does. It does show. They they are trying to sort of do that. Yeah, there's even a fairy and he's... Yep. Um, <laughs> I see. No, it was pretty fun, actually. Cool. It was really cool. I, I didn't mind. That. And it, I had never even heard of it. So that that's the perfect recommendation. Yeah. So yeah. Thank uh, you for that. You're welcome. All right. Well, for the next one... I'm, yes. All right. What have you got for me next okay, time? Okay. Again, on the Mega Drive. So a lot of mine will be coming from that because that was my main console when I was a kid growing up. Right. Um, right. I'm giving you... Shining Force 2. This game Force made me fall two. in love with RPGs. Oh, you give me another RPG, mate. Come on. Man, I got this list for you that's ready, and it's so eclectic and different, and you're going to be doing different things every week. And then for me, you're like, okay, dust off that hat. Yeah, put but this, this, hat on. this is one of my favorite games of all time. I will I will play it. And that makes it easy for me to choose here, because I've got a whole bunch here ready for you. I've like, started writing you know, a list here. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pick the one that is also one of my favorite games. But one... I don't know if... I hope you haven't played it. I hope you haven't played it. I hope you even Super haven't Mario even heard Brothers. of it. This one is on computer, so I hope you can find a place to Ooh, play it. Okay. And it is actually um, renowned for how hard it is to get working these days. So if you can't, I forgive you for watching a Let's Play or something, but really get into it. Okay. Just telling you, it's a point and click. That's all I'll say. But it's a game called Toonstruck. I think I've played that. Damn, have you? I've got more on this list here, but have yeah, you played I, Toonstruck? I, I, Oh, I'm pretty sure I have. Give us another one just in case. Uh, I used to play Man. a lot of point and click back in the day. All right, wait. Let me just tell you one thing real quickly. You play as Christopher Lloyd. I, I can, and I can, it's, it's not even like it's not even a voice. You play as him, his embodiment. Like you are. Are there balloons in a him. theme park sort of thing? Gee, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. I don't think so. And okay. that's the one I want to hear about next week. Okay. If, if I mean, next, if All you right. haven't played it, but if you have, just in case, so I can say it on air here. Have you ever played... This is a side-scroller, and it's called Iron Man and Exo Manor War. What? Yeah. I don't even I know what that is. love that. Okay, good, good, good. Put that down. If, if not, we'll do that next episode. Yeah. But, okay. uh, you know, do Toonstruck. If you feel like you've... I, I just... I think you'd remember Toonstruck. Yeah. Oh. You know, like, you play as... You are Christopher Lloyd, and he's an animator... Okay, well, I'll, you know. I'll have to Google it. All right, so let's uh, let's roll on from there. We've done like almost two or three episodes where we've skipped Paul Reef's questions. Yeah, okay. Another question. So, have you seen the new Final Fantasy XIV expansion with Gunblades and Nier Automata rumored? What are your thoughts? No. No. All right, thank you for sending... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I have I, not. I think that's I'm, all there is here. Yeah. Um, I've seen none well, of that I stuff. Really, <laughs> I've never played Final Fantasy fourteen. Um and I, I I feel like like wow with you is just too far gone for me to even just contemplate picking it up now. Yeah, I understand. I, I love Final Fantasy fifteen. Um and unlike wow, the one thing you've got going for you if you are ever curious is it looks a bit more contemporary, so it's easier to stomach for newcomers. Yeah. But it is it's still you know any no, MMOs? You, you, full you know There's what I'm so like with MMOs. Like I won't go near any other ones. They're just too much of a time sink to get far. That's true. But and just to reiterate on, uh, so I don't just give him a blatant no. If what he's saying is true, and there is gun blades and near automata rumored, then I am actually genuinely excited. But I haven't heard of that before. Just reading his question right now. But uh, cool. I'll jump in for that. For sure. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the episode. Let's roll into that lame train. My lame train for this week is my internet. I'm having all sorts of issues with a volatile internet at the moment. It is going from 30 megabits a second down to one up again. It is all over the place. If anyone out there that's listening to this knows what I can do to help try and fix this, please let me know because it's driving me friggin' bonkers. I wish I could help you, and that really sucks. I do remember that. What were you downloading? Uh, Anthem. Um, Anthem, and it was just up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I remember that. And it was oh, no, like, wait, or was have... it Division 2? It could have been Division 2, actually, yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking, like, how is this? how are you taking this long? You've always just had fast internet, and which leads me to my lame train, which is Australian internet in general. Just thinking about it because of all this exciting Stadia, Google's thing, and also xCloud being announced, and like it's the future of gaming and everything. And I just sit here just going like, uh, next, ignore. You know, it is interesting news, and I feel like we have to talk about it. But as an Australian, I just feel like, well, that doesn't apply to me for the next five or ten years. Automatically, we have to think like that because it's just like a rule out, and that's just so lame. That's my lame train. Let's get off the lame train and roll into the love train. So my love train this week has been squatting up in Division 2. You and I played through the whole normal campaign together, which was an absolute yes. blast. I've been now teaming yes, up was. with you guys now at like uh, max level, etc., which has been an absolute blast. It was so much fun, and that's what I've really been digging like the last couple of weeks or last week. I have to agree there. I'm, I'm about to go into my love train, but just so that the listeners don't think that we're completely unaware uh, i also have a minor lame train which is trying to find out which part of my setup is causing all this crackle in the background it's it's uh it's there and we know it's there and i'm gonna try and fix it for the next episode but right now just think of us as kind of vintage okay this is like the vintage recording see i'm the I've one that's supposed to have the bad cables. mics and sound here now i know i know doing it and I, I hate this. It's, it normally sounds so smooth and nice, but I can see it happening there. So I, I do apologize, guys. I am aware, and I will try and find the solution before the next episode. Uh, but Love Train, I have to agree with Callan. That, that has been awesome. And I'm just going to sort of put it all in one thing. My Love Train is, is March. March has just been awesome with Devil May Cry 5 and Division 2 and then, you know, uh, Dirt and Sekiro for you and then yoshi coming up next week mm-hmm. yeah it's just been this like surprise month of of greatness yep and like i have to agree that division two has been the highlight of all that probably of the whole year um jumping on every night and just seeing like who's on oh yep okay four or five different people let's all just play together and have this squad going and it happened with anthem as well there's been so much kind of um 
togetherness in gaming. And I've been so hyped about it. Like anyone who's been listening has known that I was talking about the same thing with Connor last episode. And I'm so happy that it's continuing on to another game, but everyone all moved at the same time. So our yeah. friends are still there and it feels like the same experience. Yeah. Into the hype train. Hype train. Now we're going to do something a little different this week. We're going to pick each other's hype trains. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. I know, I know. So I'm just throwing out there now. Carl's hype train is the new Soulstorm AIDS Odyssey game. I'm just going to backspace this real quick. Uh, no, it's not. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, nail on the head. It's the first one in like, what, 15, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, if it's... So they're, they're talking about it's not a direct remake of Exodus. It's a new game in the series and using a lot of themes from Exodus. There's, there's new enemies that were only concept art for years that fans have been talking about for ages, like fans like myself. Um, I talk often about the, the tattoo I have on my arm that covers my whole sleeve with all different gaming characters. And the, um, the section that takes up the most real estate is Abe and a Slig. Like, it's huge. It takes up more than anything else on that arm is is dedicated to Oddworld and I I ruled out a new Oddworld let alone a new side-scrolling Oddworld which is what they're kind of hinting at that this is going to be so instead of making it like Munch's Odyssey or you know that Cowboy 1 whatever that was called I don't even remember anymore but like the side-scrolling Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus were just some of the best games I have ever played and I'm so hype. Uh, yeah, so good guess there, Helen. Cool. So what's my um, what's my hype train? Your hype train? See, if we hadn't played Sekiro, I would have said it was that. Yeah, it's not Sekiro. Uh, but, but it was, hey. it's It was, but it's not now because I've now played it. I know, I know. So now I don't like... Now I'm lost. Like, I'll, what, I'll what give you a clue. Up? I'll give you a clue. I mentioned it in the episode. You mentioned it in the episode. Mm. Okay. Um. Jeez, let me see. Uh, yeah... It's, it's not Yoshi uh, or Assassin's Creed. What is happening? What's coming out? Uh, Days Gone, Mortal Kombat. No, nah, we didn't mention any of those. What did you talk about? Guys, what is he doing to me? I, I, you know, I wonder if any of the listeners are like, it's so obvious. Okay, do you um, want me to tell you? you? Wait, give me five seconds. Um, um, dum, oh, dum. Yep, 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 yep. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. It's the raid for Division 2. No. Damn. No, nah, it's Damn. Uh, System okay. Shock 3. Come on, mate. Oh, okay. So we both had the same hype train in the same day of news then. Yeah, yeah. I, look, uh, the, Bioshock was like a, 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 you know, I think from... Spiritual successor. A spiritual successor, but this is now a true sequel to part two. So it's going to be really interesting how it plays. I really enjoyed part two back in the day. So hearing that a part three is finally coming, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. For classic me, classic you, you should have given me... System Shock 2, but, uh, you know. I can, that would be a hard one to find, maybe because of the old PC. That's why I'm sort of avoiding the old PC games. There's a few there that I'd like you to try, but it's just getting a hold of them nowadays with, like, current Windows not working with old, those old games, etc. So it's, it can be a bit of a pain yeah, to try and track Yeah, which is the down. pain I've given you for all my games. Mm, thank you, thank you. Did you write them down? Tell me the games I gave you, because I don't uh, know if Toon you got that Squad? second one. Toon Struck. Oh, <laughs> Jeez, I'm so glad I asked. And I uh, and Iron Man. Da, 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 da. <laughs> what? All right, you'll text me. But uh, for, for the listeners, Iron Man and XO Mano War. That's what I um, said. I know. I heard you. Tune struck like struck by lightning. <laughs> Str- 
Splatoon Squad. This is not Space Jam. Jesus. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the website, GameTrainPodcast.com, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, uh, I am Callan. And I'm Carl. And this has been Game Train. Yeah.